This is the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. There's no such thing as no maintenance when it comes to your home. That's why we bring you the Fix-It Show from 7 to 9 every Saturday. Get your questions ready for our expert home inspector, David Nason from Best Inspections. Here he is with his co-host, Dayton Kane. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. It is the Fix-It Show indeed, sponsored as always by Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction. Good morning, Dayton Kane. David Nason, how are you? I am doing well, Dayton. Good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. And we don't have that surprise guest that we had last week. No, it wasn't that it was neat nice to see Tom coming in. Hear from Tom Faza. He's uh, hasn't been in a little while, and uh, he was just coming in to check out the studio and and see where everything is. Uh, he'll be filling in again for me here at an upcoming date. Man, you're just taking all the vacations. I love it's it. Summer. All right, summer. it we is gotta summer. Go and do, gotta go so, and do stuff. Speaking of that, I think this hour, what we're going to do is kind of focus on summer and projects we should be looking at at this time of year but before we get right. into that i always like to take time a couple times yeah. a year to kind of reset let people know why we host this show right um so let's start with you yeah well, give us your background kind of why you're qualified to do this show and, and what you've all done throughout your career definitely so as you said we have a lot of guests great partners on the show very knowledgeable in their uh, field experts as well. But um, yeah, I've been a home inspector now for just over 10 years. June, June 13th uh, was my 10-year anniversary getting my license. Prior to that, I have been in the construction industry 25 plus years, starting with my degree in architecture from UWM. Actually, be right before that, I was in the, in the Navy construction battalions, but then uh, graduating with a uh, degree in architecture, working in construction, swung a hammer for a little while, and then got into uh, designing, doing design-build uh, work, and um, working in fire and water restoration, and selling products. I know you worked for Pella. I worked for Pella yeah. before you did. I was in their commercial division, selling windows. I worked for Burmeister Woodwork. I worked for a commercial contractor for a number of years. So a lot of different things that I've done uh, prior to uh, becoming a home inspector. There was a time when I thought I was doing too many different jobs, and I think <laughs> I got to pick one, you know, coming from a, a generation where our parents all worked someplace for 30, 30 40 years. Yeah, yeah, something like that, and here I'm bouncing around jobs. But the reality is every one of them really taught me something that uh, I use today in my job as a home inspector. And so I do pre-sale inspections, so people are putting their house up for sale. Buyers are hiring me. That's becoming I, a little more popular, too, isn't it? Uh, well, that so the pre-sale is what – that's a typical one. Oh, that's the typical one. It's, um, gotcha. Or, no, yeah, pre, no. Pre-sale would be, I'm yeah, going to sell my house, exactly. so I yeah, want you to come term, look at it. Yep. Getting the terms mixed up. Yep. So post-sale or post-closing inspections – those are people right. who bought a house without an inspection, but they really oh, want to learn about their house. I see how you're phrasing so, so we uh, go and do an inspection for them. It becomes a to-do list for them, and hopefully we don't find anything scary uh, for them. And then um, I do construction defect consulting, so people who are having problems, say, with their contractor, things aren't going well with their contractor, we can help get things uh, corrected for them. I'm doing some new construction consulting, so people are building new houses, 
They want me to come and look at the house during the construction process. And then uh, the other specialty inspections I do, EFs and stone veneer, building envelopes. So basically anything on the outside of your house. That's more my expertise. As a, as a home inspector, we're kind of a generalist. But really my expertise, where I am actually certified, is with the exterior uh, things. Actually, that's what you deal with a lot. Yeah. Yeah, as you mentioned, I used, I worked with Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin right. for a while. Now I'm with Siding Unlimited. So roofing, siding, doors, windows, gutters, downspouts, all that stuff. Right. Um, I have that background, which is part of why I do the show. The other part is, for a long time, I was a radio guy. Mm-hmm. That's what I did full-time for many years. So that's how I got involved in the show, just not by being with Siding Unlimited or Pella. But, uh, right. So, yeah, we've got a lot of background knowledge, yeah. and we can help out uh, throughout the course of the year. That's what we do. Right. We take calls, and we ask people to call in with their right. questions. And uh, like you mentioned, great hosts on the show that come on, guests that come on with us mm-hmm. and represent their companies. In fact, we'll be talking with Chris Mancuso in the second hour uh, to talk about basements. Again, accurate exactly. basement repair going to be with us. So right. uh, that's great. Um, another thing that I want to point point out to you: Did you mention the fact that you are the president of Wahi? I didn't. But so, uh, what is Wahi, and yeah. why is that important? So, Wahi is the Wisconsin Association of Home Inspectors. Inspector inspectors. Sorry about that. Uh, really, the premier organization in Wisconsin for home inspectors. There are some other national organizations, but really, Wahi is the one that focuses on Wisconsin. What our standards are for doing a home inspection. And, and we really focus on education. We want to make sure our uh, inspectors are educated, not only on our standards, but really on how to be an inspector, how to run your business. We help out with that. We have some great seminars. If people may remember, I, I call in from our seminars. I usually am remote on those days when I'm away at our seminars. This fall, our seminar is going to be here in Milwaukee. We'll have to see if I'm going to be remote or if I'm going to be able to make it live and then and then get over there so um i'm also on the nary ethics uh committee so the national association remodeling industry um and and that's an important organization for uh remodeling contractors citing unlimited is a member of of nary uh great organization here in milwaukee and uh i like to uh wanted to be part of that and uh and really following tom's footsteps tom faza was the uh, chair of that committee for a number of years. So both very good inf- uh, organizations, glad to be a part of both of them. How do people get in touch with you if they want to? Yeah, they can call me at 262-443-8958. My email is bestinspectionsllc at gmail. My website, bestinspectionsllc.com. All right. With all that background, all that history, all that knowledge, we were going to talk about coming up next. Summer home maintenance. What should we be looking for on the outside of the house? This is the Fix It Show on WTMJ. The Fix It Show with Dayton Kane and David Nason on WTMJ. It is the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Thanks for joining me. I'm Dayton Kane. David Nason. Nason, we are here talking summer home maintenance because there's no such thing as, as no maintenance, maintenance right? right? We say that every week. Right. Um, you got to fix stuff. You can you say low maintenance. Yeah. Low maintenance maintenance. There are a lot of products on the outside of your house today that are low maintenance, but there is nothing that's no maintenance, yeah. really, when it comes down to it. Well, here's a question for you when you say that. How do you maintain a shingle? What, what are you supposed to be looking at on your roof throughout the year? Well, I, I think if you have trees with overhanging branches you really do need to make sure that leaves and branches that that tend to fall off that will collect in valleys 
that you should clean those off. Now, if you're not able or, or really want to get up on your roof and you can't do it safely, then it should be somebody that uh, you can get somebody to come out and do it. Maybe you can just go on the ladder to, right to the roof edge right. with a long-handled broom and kind of sweep that out. Uh, of course, if you have gutters that don't have covers on them, you're probably going to be cleaning out your gutters as well. But really, cleaning out valleys, cleaning organic material and debris off your roof, I think, is important. You want to let the sun shine on your roof so that the shingles can dry out. They don't uh, build up too much algae. The, the reality is the shingles will build up some algae, again, depending on maybe the direction the slope of the roof is facing. And newer shingles that you guys are selling today have a, a greater ability to prevent that. But like I said, if you have a maybe a dormer and on your roof and there's a side of the dormer where it's the north side, just like a tree, you're going to get some algae and moss growing in the shaded area there. That's what so, I get out of my house. So I've got one part of my house, the roof looks brand new. The other part, I'm up there maintaining all the time because there's stuff dropping in on right. all the time. I'm clearing it out. I was at a customer's house the other day. He was an older gentleman. He couldn't get up on a ladder. I jumped up on his roof and cleared out his valleys for him because he had all the helicopters. And yeah. he had gutter guards, right? Sure. But those gutter guards sometimes... Help things collect in that exactly. corner of that valley, so you got to get up there and clean that right. off to let it. So through. when we talk gutter guards, Eric has uh, Eric Brown has mentioned this before. Gutter guards are a compromise. They're going to keep things out of your gutters, but they also may collect some, you know, those those uh, helicopters, branches, or something. They're also probably going to collect a little more snow and stuff. So you got to you got to decide which which, which you want to deal with. Yeah. Um, and then back to the algae and the and and or. Uh, moss that might grow on your roof. There are products that you can spray on your roof. And again, if you can just go on a, on, on a ladder at the roof edge and bring up with you a pump sprayer, one of these two-gallon pump sprayers, and you mix up uh, something like Joe Max or Wet and Forget, and these are products you just spray on the roof, and then don't power wash your roof. And I would <laughs> say not say even, that to me. Now. i got to get up there and pressure wash my roof. I'm like, no, no. you do not. And you probably you do don't even want to use that. a hose, a garden hose. You can use your garden hose on your siding, but you're going to take granules off. Right. So if you just spray this product on it, and if you can time it that you're watching the weather, I'm a kind of a weather geek that that I like to watch the radar and I want to know when it's going to rain, especially because of what I'm doing. I'm outside right. all the time. But if you know when it's going to rain, spray down your roof and let the rain wash it off. So it's it's going to rain. You can't stop the rain from happening. So so that's a, that's a good way to maintain your roof. One thing to point out about this, we're talking about this right now. This is more spring stuff. When it gets really hot, you should not be walking on your roof because that can damage the shingles. Right. So when it's 80 degrees even, that roof is probably 100 degrees. You don't want to be walking on it much when it's that hot. So yeah. this is more springtime or if it cools off at yeah. night and yeah. you've got some time and you want to get not early, dark night but early evening. Early morning if there's not right. any dew and right. it's wet or, or late afternoon, definitely. Exactly. Good, good point, so, uh, Also then, that leads into, you know, we were talking about gutters. The downspouts, make sure they're connected, make sure everything's flowing. We talk about that all the yeah. time, too. You want to get the water away from the house. That's the point of all of this is to keep it away from the foundation. So right. uh, while you're cleaning out the gutters or maybe cleaning out the valleys, check the downspouts as well. One so. of Tom's favorite sayings was gutters, grating, and downspouts. That so is it's right. all, about, all about water management, keeping the water away from your Speaking house. Speaking like of Tom, you, you have articles from him, right, on your website? I do. Uh, Tom has been very gracious to allow me to put them on my website. I believe he still has his website, Mr. Fix It, 
you do a search on that. But mine, bestinspectionsllc.com. If you go to the content content tab, and there are the articles that Tom has written, a number of them that that deal with everything from keeping your basement dry and dealing with fogged windows, all kinds of stuff. But what we were just talking about, uh, refurbishing your siding, I think, is one where he talks about cleaning your siding, some products that you can use to clean your let's, siding. Let's talk about some of that coming up next. We need to take a break. We still have more summer stuff to talk about. It is summer. Concert season, to be exact. Yep. I love it. I'm out most of the time outside. Uh, Dayton Kane, David Nason. It is the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Like a user's manual on the radio. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. It is Dayton and David. Thanks for joining us. It is the 1st of July already. Can you believe yes, that? Yes, July 1st. What a My great month. goodness. Where's the summer going? Uh, hopefully you have some good 4th of July weekend plans. When you have weekends, you always have home maintenance, and that's what we're here for on the Fix-It right. Show. We talked about the roof, gutters, downspouts, that sort of thing. You started leaning into siding a little bit. What should we be looking at on the side of our house while we're out walking around doing right. stuff? So it depends, as you know, on what kind of siding you have on your house. Vinyl or aluminum siding, very typically low maintenance. Uh, vinyl siding, there's really no caulk on, on the siding. Sometimes guys will caulk between the J-channel and the window trim. Right. I've seen that done. You just got to keep an eye out for that. But as we mentioned earlier, you can wash your siding. Don't power wash it. Don't power wash it. You're going to blast water behind the seams. It's really not intended for that. So hose pressure only. If you really have some stubborn stains or up near the soffit, it gets a little dirtier. Uh, a detergent. Dawn dish soap works really well, or or Gelmax, the the wet and forget products. So that that's fine. Same with thing with aluminum siding. The aluminum siding is caulked at at the at the ends, or no, it's not. Yeah, it is. Or is it at yeah, the ends? Oh, yeah. In the in the corners, interior corners, and exterior corners. Um, so you want to check that. If you have LP Smart Side or Hardy Plank Siding, those are caulked. So you need to uh, keep an eye on that, and and as don't power wash those either. Now we're not so much concerned about uh, water getting behind the siding. Those that siding's a little tighter. You're not really generally getting water behind that. But if you blast that, you you might be taking some of the finish off. Right. It's a really durable finish. But if you've got two thousand, four thousand psi of water blasting on it, depending on how close you are, you could actually. Uh, take the finish off. I use product. one of those extended poles with a real soft brush at the end that you can hook sure. on your hose. Just a nice l light pressure on the, you know, I'm not scrubbing. Yeah. I'm just kind of getting the knocking yep. stuff off, and That's, that works great. That sounds like a great idea if you, yeah. if you don't Again, have Again, though, one. if you're going with vinyl, go against where the overlay, or go with it. So right. you're not trying to push water behind it. you got to go with Right. The overlaps. And one of the things I remember from just looking uh, the other day at the articles that Tom had written, when you're washing this, your siding, it's best to work from the bottom up. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. Why would that be? Uh, it has to do with how water the water is washing down the siding. Okay. Interesting. So go and look at the – he explains it a little bit, but go and look at that article on there. Um, one of the other things he has uh, on one of the articles is – uh, services by calendar, so things that you should do on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis in your home. Weekly basis, I always ask people all the time, uh, what, is the, what are the two words on a GFCI other than test and reset? Yeah. And, and many people don't know this, but on the front of the GFCI, it says test monthly. 
So all those GFCIs that you have in your house, in your kitchen, bathroom, laundry, outside, garage, anywhere, you should be testing them. Push the test button, reset them. If they're not working, if they don't trip, if they don't reset, they should be replaced. So, again, there's a whole list there of things to do. One of them, and uh, we talked recently when Jason Fox was on. I, I don't know. We should have counted how many times we said this. Change your furnace filter. Filter. Um, Filters on everything. Everything that has a filter, you've got to maintain those. Right. And and if you have the big media filter, maybe you're not thinking about it in the middle of summer, but if you have that small one-inch filter, you need to be changing that every 30 to 45 days, really. Filters in your lawnmowers, filters right. in your uh, yeah. refrigerators, if you've got an ice maker or water in your refrigerator. Right. Filters everywhere. Exactly. If it's got a filter, you should be changing out on a regular basis, whatever the manufacturer right. recommends. And if that. you have hydronic heat, you don't have a furnace filter, but you might have an air handler up in your attic. So that filter is probably in the ceiling on the second floor, or maybe it's somewhere that's out of sight, out of mind. But Definitely want to keep the air flowing. Just because it's summer and you're hanging out and drinking beers and hanging with friends, you still got to maintain the house. It is the Fix It Show. That's what we're here for. Dayton Kane and David Nason on WTMJ. WTMJ's The Fix It Show with David Nason and Dayton Kane. The Fix It Show on WTMJ. Dayton and David here. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Saturday morning. We appreciate that. Every Saturday from 7 to what? 9? Nine, nine two hours yeah. of knowledge coming out of this right. guy over here and me. <laughs> Once in a while. So we've talked a lot about maintenance. We started getting into painting things. So I want to talk a little bit about that because, first of all, why do you want to keep up on paint or stain, and when should we use which? Right. So I was going to almost say obviously, but maybe not. It's obvious that when your paint peels off a of wood or the stain fades off the wood, it leaves behind bare wood. Right, and now it's unprotected. It's and porous. It's susceptible more... to moisture, to bugs a little bit more. The sunshine, the ultraviolet rays of the sun, is going to just deteriorate that that uh, that wood. We're talking about wood products. If you have cedar siding on your house, if you go and look at, and if it unless it's brand new, but if you go look at the south and west elevations of your house. And look at that siding compared to the east and the north, especially the north elevations, which don't ever get any sun. The east, east does, but the siding on the south and west, it's, it's going to be cupped a little bit yeah. just from the sun drying out the wood. So probably over the years, the, the paint's you know, chipped off or the stain's uh, fading away, and now the sun is, is really doing its, its damage to it. And the water is... is um, uh, in, infiltrating the wood as well. So definitely want to keep your paint and stain finishes uh, up up and in good good condition. In I think in talking previously with Certipro Painters, oh. they've talked about cedar siding should really have stain on it, not paint. Paint is which isn't normally what right. you see on yeah, these right, houses. Right, either. the paint's going to try to encapsulate the wood, and there's always moisture in the wood. It was a tree at one point, and so you want uh, the moisture wants to come out. The warm, or at least water vapor will try to come out. That's one of the reasons that paint peels. Right, uh, and and sometimes paint peels because its surface hasn't been prepared properly. Tom always said, "Clean, dry, and dull." you're painting anything whether it's wood aluminum metal whatever clean dry and dull so the wood is never completely dry and so if you use a penetrating oil stain it's penetrating the wood and it still allows a little bit of that water vapor to 
to exit the wood, and now the the stain is just going to fade a little bit instead of uh, peeling. And if you needed to, you can just go right over that. Whereas if it paints peeling, now you got to do all this scraping and everything. So, so that's that's important. Caulking anytime you have any kind of wood, but also cedar, uh, LP Smart Side, Hardy Plank, those have to be caulked. You want to make sure you're using the right kind of caulk, not a silicone or or painter's latex caulk, that kind of thing. That's going to break down very quickly. It's got to be a, a urethane-based, like a quad OSI, is generally the brand that, that siding contractors are going to use on the outside. That's an interesting point because I don't know that a lot of people know that there's differences in caulk. They yeah. go to the big box store, they grab a thing of caulk, right. they're like, I got my caulk, and they walk out. Right. You talk to the person in that department, <laughs> tell them what you're looking right. to do, and get the right stuff because right. it will make your life way easier if Definitely. you're using the right product. Definitely. So the Quad OSI, Vulcan, not Vulcan, not, we're not talking doctors, or not doctors, uh, Leonard Nimoy and Spock here, but Vul Vulcan. Those are polyurethane-based caulks, and they come in a variety of colors, right. so they can match your siding, the color they have generally. Uh, siding contractors, they will generally order color-matching caulk to the siding that you're getting delivered. So it is important to keep those up, primarily to keep water out. All right. So uh, you just mentioned contractors. Mm -hmm. I want to delve into that a little bit coming up in the next segment here. What to look for? How do you vet the person you're going to work with? Um, we'll get into that. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Call with your problem. We'll try to solve it. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Dayton Kane, David Nason, happy Saturday to you. Fourth of July weekend uh, extended. So it's really the tuesday right yeah the so fourth is on do people tuesday. get off monday and tuesday or do you have to go to probably. work for a day and then it's probably a long weekend happy birthday united states yeah hopefully you get that full weekend off and can go do something fun uh we're having some fun here talking fixing stuff but i want to switch gears a little bit and we don't always talk about this i know eric brown gets into it once in a while and maybe uh mancuso uh, yeah, yeah mancuso next hour might get into some of it but let's talk since we don't have a contractor besides me, yeah, who works yeah. for Side Unlimited. I have to be very yeah. upfront about that. But uh, let's talk about how you pick your contractor, how to choose who you're going to work with. And I want to hear it from you, and mm -hmm. I'll chime in, because yeah. I have my thoughts because of who I right. work for. But. Right. Well, definitely, I think uh, the, the National Association of Remodeling Industry is a, is a very good place to start. Uh, great organization, the largest or actually chapter in the United States of NARI. It's here in Wisconsin. It's here in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, yes. Okay. And uh, so, the, and you, in order to become a member, you you don't just you know fill out a form and and write a check. There is uh, you have to have references. They do a background check on you. They want to know how your business is run. So there's a, there's a good amount of information that you have to provide to become a member. So that's a great place to start. Well, and then you're held to a standard it, once right. you are a member. Yes. And if you're not meeting those standards, there is an right. ethic committee, as, which as you I are on. As I said before, I'm on the ethics committee. Yeah. So we, And it's not a good old boy club. Some people kind of maybe think, oh, it's members supervising members. But we hold the members to a, a tight standard. We hold their feet to the fire. If there's a complaint or something, we we make sure that it gets addressed. And pretty much everybody on that committee is a owner themselves, right? They Generally, the, the members the are they're either a, they're either the owner of the company or very high yep. up in the management position in the company. It's not 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 to put anything towards anybody lower, but it is the the people owners. have been through the fire. Yeah, and they and for a reason they they understand the seriousness, the the importance of that that committee, and uh, it is a reputation. 
Well, and honestly, when there's a bad contractor that comes to town, and they do, yes. you know, that reflects poorly on the industry. Right. So we want to maintain a higher quality. We want to make sure people aren't right. getting hosed yeah, by their contractor right. yeah, exactly. or, or just left by their contractor. I had somebody the other day said, just don't disappear on us. Yes. I'm like, I, I won't. Yeah. Well, our last guy, we got the roof and then he just disappeared. We can't get a hold of him. Yeah. So we're looking out for people like that. Right. So that's that's another part of it that you want to look at the contractor's reputation, whether it's through social media, other referrals from friends, neighbors, family, that kind of thing. Uh, you just do your due diligence. Look at look at how long they've been around here. How long have they been in business? Siding yeah. Limited's been uh, in business for thirty they, years. Thirty some years. So, and, and that's the other thing too. Ask for a list of what were some properties around my area you've done, so I can drive around and, and look see, at the product. Yeah, that look you at the work they've done, yeah. and then once you've selected the contractor that you want to work with, make sure that everything they're proposing to you that they're telling you is going to be in writing. You really need to have a good contract. The state of Wisconsin requires all licensed remodeling contractors or licensed contractors to use a contractor follow a law called ATCP 110. Now that gets a little bit details and everything you really want to get into it, but it really is important that you have, well, let me put it this way. You can't have a contract that's one page. I have seen those where it's got maybe uh, the name of the company at the top. It says a few things of what we're going to do and a price at the and then place a sign at the bottom. That is not a remodeling contract. Right. That you are you're asking for some trouble later on if you're signing a contract like that. Uh, a good the, contract has to be, unfortunately, has to be pages long, and it gets into all the the fine print and everything. But that's to protect not only the contractor but also you right. as a consumer. So there's a lot that goes into it. talks about lien rights and your rights as a consumer. So it's very important. And then also, once the work is going, any changes to that contract should be done in writing, a change order, no matter what. Even if you agree, maybe you're comfortable enough to agree, yeah, okay, go ahead and do that. That's going to be the extra one. Insist on the follow-up in writing that has the price, and it talks about if there's an additional time involved, all that should be in writing. What what additional work, if there's specifications involved, all that needs to be in writing. We do all that. One of my last questions I always ask people before they sign is, is there anything that we have talked about that is not in writing on this contract? Because right. if it's not in writing, no court's going to uphold. Uh, he said, she right. said, that, no, it's, and, is it on the contract? Right. And every contract will have a part in it that talks about that, yep. that anything that is said verbally is not part of the contract. Right. It's only what is written down. Another on thing on contracts may, are uh, lien rights. Yes. Talk about what that is in case somebody doesn't know what that is. Right. So anybody who supplies labor or materials to your home to work on your home has lien rights if they notify you in writing of their lien rights. So an example would be the contractor signing a limited comes out to your house, their employees, they, they have lien rights. If the Siding Unlimited hires or buys their materials from ABC Supply and an ABC Supply truck shows up at your house and delivers materials, ABC Supply has lien rights. If the contractor that you selected goes out and buys their materials at Menards and picks them up in their own truck and brings them with them to the job, Menards does not have lien rights to your home. So a company has to actually deliver to your home or provide Labor for yeah. for your project, and then it has to be you know given to you in writing within sixty days of first supplying those materials or labor. 
So there's some very very strict guidelines on that. If all none of if one of those things hasn't been met, those people don't have lien rights on your home. Right. You also have lien waivers on the reverse. So sure. once the contractor has done the work, you can ask them yeah. for a lien waiver that says, I paid you in right. full, so yeah. that if or, ABC yeah. starts coming after you for supplies, you can say, nope, yeah. I paid Siding Unlimited. This right. is on them. Go get your money right. from them and sometimes you, or whoever. You, the depending on the length of the project, you might get partial lien, waive, lien waivers. So, for example, a contractor right. might give you a, a, a lien waiver for the lumber for your project, but they are also then supplying you know, the roofing, the siding, or, or other things, or the labor, right. if that's not complete. So you can get partial, but definitely by the time the project's done, you want to have all lien waivers paid in full. A couple more things I want to talk about when it comes to choosing a contractor, but we do need to take a break. Thank you for listening this morning. It is the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. More of your questions next. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Isaac in the producer studio, Dayton Kane, David Nason here with you on the Fix-It Show. Thanks for joining us this morning. Next hour, Chris Mancuso from Accurate Basement Repair on with us. We'll talk with him for an hour. Uh, we also have to thank Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction for sponsoring the show, as they do every week. Right. We're talking how to choose that contractor. A couple last things that we want to touch on here. Uh, right to cure. I'm sure people have heard that phrase before, but they may not understand what that means. What does that mean when a contractor has the right to cure? Right. So, as I mentioned, the, the AT, ATC... P110 is the law that cover, governs all the uh, licensed contractors. So that licensed contractor is the only contractor in Wisconsin that can take out a permit to work on your home. So when you have a licensed contractor, they should be following that contract. And then if they're through the course of the project or the end of the project, maybe there's something that didn't quite get done right. Maybe you're not happy with something. Maybe the whole project went really well, but one little thing or a couple things that the part of that law gives the contractor the right to cure that mistake or or whatever that you may not be happy with you can't stop the project and kick them off right they they you have to go through a process where you have to give the contractor a right to come back and cure it or correct the problem and if if through that process the problem, whatever the issue is not corrected, then there are other uh, allowances for doing other things. If they're a NERI member, the consumer could then contact NERI, potentially, you know, the initial, what they would try to do is go through a mediation where a, a person on the ethics committee would try to mediate between the two parties and help Usually it's a, it's a lack of communication or a communication right, right. problem. Maybe something was just not misunderstood or something. So hopefully we can just get things resolved pretty quickly. But it could go to arbitration. But before we get to that, the right to cure is the contractor's ability to try to resolve the issue. Because usually what's happened at that point is the consumer has withheld a final payment. Right. That's what it's coming down to. So that contractor wants to make sure that, and and I would say most contractors, most legitimate licensed contractors, really have it in their mind that they want to do a good job. They want to have a happy customer, hopefully get a review from them, use them as a referral. And the only way to really do that is for them to actually complete the project, get it finished, but also then collect payment. Because that's that's why they're in business, is they're, they're, they have to make money. They're 
they're supporting all their employees right. and their families and things. So, so it is an important part of the project. Let's talk about that a little bit, reviews and things. Better Business Bureau has been around for a long time. That's mm-hmm. one of the main things people think of when they think about checking into something is right. Better Business Bureau, BBB.org. Google reviews Google, are becoming right. more and more popular. Right. Um, so you can look at that. What are some other – so when I, when I type in Windows – I get all these lists where I can fill out my information. They're going to send me all these window places that can do windows for me. Right. How do I know which one to trust? Like there's an Angie's list out there now. There's, there's all these lists where you can get fed contractors. Yeah. How do you know what to trust? <laughs> Without really saying any names, I've never been a fan of all those. Usually these are national organizations. I mentioned way way back that I'm the president now of WAHI, the Wisconsin Association of Home Inspectors. We are focused on Wisconsin. I think you should look for, uh, well, Google is is national. That's that's good. But I think the the local BBB, um, the local NARI office, you can call their office and and ask questions about contractors. In my opinion, I think you want to stay as local as possible. Those organizations that I mentioned, your neighbors, friends. How about calling the show here? You can always call us. Uh, I I will refer people that I have worked with that I know are are legitimate. Siding Unlimited, J&B Construction, Accurate Basement Repair, all good partners with the show. Those are the people we're going to recommend because we know they do good work. They've been around a long time. They're going to stand behind their product. They're local. They're here. They're going to respond. So, okay, great. So one more time, remind people of what you do. I am an inspector. I really, that's, I do, I am primarily a home inspector, but I inspect really residential. I'm not really getting into commercial stuff, but residential, anything you need, whether you're selling your home, buying a home, you lived in your home for 30 years, you're not selling for 10 more years. Uh, The exterior, east stone veneer, building envelope, you're having problems with a contractor, you're building a new home. I can help you out, uh, consult for you. BestInspectionsLLC.com is the website. BestInspectionsLLC.com. I'm Dayton Kane. I work with uh, Siding Unlimited, as you've heard. And uh, you can reach out to me, Dayton at SidingUnlimited.com. If you have questions for me or want me to come over and say hey and check out your project, I'm more than willing to do that as well. Coming up next hour, we have Chris Mancuso from Accurate Basement Repair on with us. So uh, we're going to be talking about what to look for, and he loves his flashlight. You'll find out why coming up when we talk to him. Um, But we're here every week, 7 to 9. It is the Fix-It Show. We thank you for listening to our number one. Our number two's next. This has been the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests at Not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.